Well, the first encounter um, showed us who Jesus is. Um, He's King Jesus. He was arrested, tried, and crucified because the Jews already had a king who was quite happy at being king of the Jews as it was. And so they led him away to be crucified. Now, normally, part of the humiliation of crucifixion was that you were supposed to carry your own cross. But as we saw, Jesus was so exhausted after having been beaten up all night that he couldn't. He had to have Simon from Cyrene carry it for him as he walked through the streets of Jerusalem before the crowds of people who only days previously had cheered him on and laid their coats and palm branches in front of him as they welcomed him. Now they mourned and wailed for him. But in this second encounter, Luke introduces us to one of the members of the supporting cast of this Easter story who I think is one of my favorite characters in the whole Bible, uh, if not my absolute favorite, the penitent thief, the the thief on the cross. He doesn't even have a name, but church tradition has given him one. Um, I don't know whether you know what it is. Traditionally, he's known as Dismas, Um, Saint Dismas. I don't know whether that's his real name or not, but I rather like Dismas, so we'll stick with that. Um, But today is the Feast of St. Dismas. Uh, Various different parts of the church around the world on the 25th of March celebrate the Feast of St. Dismas. It just happens that it's Good Friday as well today, but today is his day. And St. Dismas is one of, if not my all-time, favorite stories in the Bible, because just think of it. He just happened to be being executed the same day as the Lord of the universe. What a phenomenal stroke of good timing. I mean, talk about being in the right place at the right time. Just think of all the people who've ever been born, all the lives that have ever been lived. Something like 108 billion people apparently have lived on this planet. And we all know that simply by being uh, able to live in the 21st century, we are more, more fortunate than most. Simply by uh, living in this country or being born in this country, we know that we're tremendously privileged, even by the standards of our own countrymen. Many of us here are extremely fortunate indeed. You know, when you contemplate the lottery of existence, we are, most of us here, big-time winners. Let's not take that for granted. But imagine how Dismas's day started. He's a condemned criminal who's been tried and found guilty in a country where there's no HMP Wandsworth. They not only have the death penalty, they have arguably the most barbaric form of execution ever devised by humanity. And Dismas's life really hasn't worked out the way that he had been hoping. Uh, he's played a few bad hands, he's made a few bad choices, and a few things haven't gone his way, and his childhood ambitions have not come to fruition. He wakes up on Good Friday morning knowing that he's about to be strung up on an enormous piece of wood where splinters are going to be the least of his worries. He's going to be nailed there and left out in the sun, left out in the scorching heat by the side of the road, probably unlikely to have been out in the middle of nowhere as it was in that depiction, but right publicly, the point of crucifixion was that it was a public humiliation designed to deter people from doing whatever it is those people did, with people walking past thinking, I wonder what he is up there for. He won't bleed to death, he'll die of exhaustion, and it'll probably take a long time if he's fit. Dismas is probably looking at being up there several days. You know, in terms of quality of life, Dismas has lived perhaps one of the worst lives that anybody has ever had the misfortune to endure. He's lived an entirely unremarkable existence as a criminal in the ancient Near East, which is about to come to an embarrassing and painful end at the hands of the Roman occupying forces. You or I would never swap 
our lives for Dismasses in a million years. It has been a catastrophic failure from first to last. But it just so happens that he just so happens to be be being done in the same batch as Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, I love this story. I love Dismas. I think it's extraordinary. Dismas is rather unimaginatively the patron saint of reformed thieves. But I think he ought to be the patron saint of jammy sods, really. He's (laughs) crucified next to the Lord Jesus. And he can see there's something about the bloke on the next cross. Imagine being Dismas. Imagine being hoisted up there. There's a lot of commotion going on. People are walking past. It says that the people are watching. The rulers are sneering. The soldiers are mocking. But he's sort of up, out of, away from it all, slightly removed from all that noise. And there's a private conversation going on between the occupants of the three crosses. Imagine seeing Jesus. He probably knows who Jesus is. After all, Jesus does spend most of his time with sinners. I'm going to guess that Dismas is Jewish, so he probably knows that his people are expecting a Messiah to come to be the saviour of the people. And he's probably aware that the whole city has just cheered Jesus into Jerusalem five minutes ago on Palm Sunday, hailing him as the Messiah and singing, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Dismas probably knows all that. Dismas can see the, the notice above Jesus' head saying, this is the king of the Jews. And so he's hanging there thinking, could this really be, this man hanging next to me, could he really be God's king? The guy two crosses over doesn't think so. He's managing to find the energy from somewhere to join in the insults. And verse 39 says that the insults were all about the fact that he's not a very good king if he is supposed to be. If you're the Messiah, well, why don't you save us and yourself? But no, Dismas can see who Jesus is. He's just witnessed an extraordinary display of amazing grace in the face of injustice. He's just overheard Jesus asking for forgiveness for his accusers. All through Jesus' ministry, he's been saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. And now when it mattered most, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's putting into practice what he's been preaching all this time. And what an impact that must have had on Dismas. Surely, if Jesus was just like any other good man, or just a great moral teacher, or just any other leader of a religious movement, then surely here is where the mask would come off and you'd see the real man. I mean, he's got nothing to lose now. He's clearly lost already. Why keep up the act? Just curse God and die. Why, Jesus, are you showing compassion to the people who are putting you to death? You've got nothing to gain by doing that. And in that moment, Dismas realizes who Jesus is. He can see that Jesus really is God's king. Verse 42, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And with those words, what started off as an extremely bad day just got a whole lot better. Verse 43, Jesus says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Those are some of the best words that have ever been said to anybody. I think the reason why Dismas is my favorite character in the whole Bible is that he's, I think, the purest picture of grace in the whole Bible. 
St. Paul said, it's by grace you've been saved, through faith. And that's not from yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not by works, you can't earn it so that nobody can boast. Well, Dismas certainly cannot boast. Dismas didn't have time to do anything. He, he never did Alpha, he never had a quiet time, he probably never read his Bible, he never went to church, he didn't, never on the tea and coffee rotor. He wasn't even baptised, there wasn't any time. He literally never did anything. He never earned anything. His salvation was purely by grace alone, apart from any works on his behalf. If the, the encounter with King Herod shows us who Jesus is, that he's King Jesus, well, this encounter with Dismas shows us what King Jesus does. He saves by grace. You know, when, when Jesus returns and his kingdom is established... Why should any of us be a part of it? If we say, well, it was because I was born into a Christian family, or I was being christened, or I, you know, I've given generously to the poor, or I've prayed, I've lived a good life, I've been on the PCC, I've, I've done all the best that I can. Well, none of that, none of that is salvation by grace. If you ask Dismas why he should be a part of God's kingdom, his answer would be, because King Jesus said I could be.